this is our St. Patrick's Day special. I don't know if you realize that. It's actually St. Patrick's Day today. This segment we've entitled Belfast Boys because I want to introduce you to two fellows who grew up together in Belfast and they've not actually spoken since they were in school. Is that is that true, John? That is absolutely correct. That's we, ridiculous. We see each other on Facebook. We yeah. have occasionally sent little messages to each other. Yeah. But this is our first time this is speaking it. live this is since it. Brian left Lishnashara High School in 1979, I think. Since Brian Houston kicked you out of the band. He didn't. Uh, We're going to get that story in a second. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Houston on the line with us as well. Mr. Houston, sir, can you hear us fine and dandy? Hey, oh, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm just kidding. Thanks. Um, yes, I can hear you just fine. How you doing? Smarty pants. So, <laughs> Brian Houston, I, you've been on our show numerous times. You're a brilliant performer. We have a lot of good crack here in the studio, which does not mean we're doing lines of powder. It means that we're having good Irish banter, as yeah. they say. <clears throat> Brian, I would like to introduce you to the young lad you kicked out of your band. Mr. John McCauley. John Bryan. Hi, Brian. Hi. How you doing? It, 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 was, it was outside Miss Fitzsimmons' math class where Brian turned to me and said, John, the drum thing? And I said, yeah. He goes, do you, th you think you'd move over and play bass? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I said, Brian, what do you mean play bass? He goes, he go, he go, I didn't know what the bass was. And yeah. he goes, why did you? I said, Brian, I don't think I'm right for music or the band. No. I should really step out. And very graciously and the next time i saw brian was actually in her own church and they had put together a band mark dobbins i think was playing bass and uh the young guy that lived can't remember his name played drums for you brian and i remember going oh my goodness yeah. they were amazing yeah. so lucky i left to yeah. make them brilliant so brian good job <laughs> getting rid of john mccauley and bringing in steve gadd instead <laughs> <laughs> the other drummer's name was a guy called ian culbert, culbert. that's it that's right. Right. And, and and honestly, they might have sounded good then, but but after a couple of years, we, we realized it wasn't going anywhere with those guys as well. So Yeah. Well, uh, you got rid of them. Um, yeah. Brian, Brian Houston, um, what's it like being the senior pastor of the biggest money-making church in Australia? Well, if only I was. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing is uh, they, they've come, but they can send some guy from LA, LA who... who messages me and tries to buy my domain off me because I own brianhouston.com but but they've offered me ridiculously small amount of money yeah so. well let's talk about that how much money has has Hillsong offered you to buy brianhouston.com how much now if I tell you this it's just between this you and I if, uh, me and you and yeah. your four listeners yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's the four of us in the studio yeah, Brian so I wouldn't worry no my dad's listening okay oh, yeah aw. yeah I think it would be it would be unkind of me to offer it, but let's just say it was shockingly low. Right. Was it under a thousand? No. It was shockingly low? Dude. Well, right? from what I've been told, what I've been told is Oh worth. true. For what it's worth for Brian Houston, it'd be worth more than a thousand. Sure it would. Oh sure it would. For uh, Brian I mean, Houston, no, that's what I mean. I, yeah. He's got a brand new book coming, New York Times bestseller, I think, already before it's released. So would it? Would it? Yeah, would it, would it be under ten thousand? Oh, way, way under. Okay, all right. So it's between one thousand and ten thousand. All of a sudden, my lips don't work. Well, it's it's you're just trying to bracket me, and I, I <laughs> really, really, is that what's happening here? I was told the things were thirty or forty thousand. So whenever oh, they yeah. made the offer, I was like, "What, really?" Yeah. 
And uh, so it kind of didn't go any further. You know, we, your response to Brian Houston of Hillsong Church should be, to his people, you should say, you know, you guys should just pray about it and just offer me whatever you think the Lord would want you to offer me. Yeah, but that's not, you know me, Drew, I don't even talk like that. I know. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say this? Um, I have had BrianHouston.com since, I, I guess, since we got the internet in, in 99 or something in Northern Ireland. Right. And uh, and then from the day I have owned BrianHouston.com, I have had emails for the other Brian Houston ever since. Yeah. And in that entire time, 18 years um, it is sad to say that they've either been requests for money, requests to have their music used on Hill songs, yeah. complaints about things that have been said, and then in that, that entire time, one email was a thank you. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know how that compares with your email feedback, Drew, but that strikes <laughs> me as kind of sad. I, I don't want to talk about my email feedback listen i just brought up all my emails in therapy the other day so that'll tell you that'll give you an idea um all right let's talk about belfast because that's why you two units are here um john you grew up to be a copper is that right yes sir is that what they call you what do they call you in ireland coppers a lot of bad things that we can't say on the radio (laughs) (laughs) brian Brian knows what i'm thinking about yeah Yeah. Uh, Yeah. a peeler you know a peeler yeah that's what they call no. strippers here. No, that's totally in Northern Ireland. That was a, a police officer. Well, yeah, Robert Peel, the founder of the police in the UK, Peelers, okay. cops. Right. I don't know, Brian. What else did they call us? All pigs. the good stuff. Pigs. pigs. No, <laughs> how old are you guys? Okay. They didn't call I, you pigs. Brian, I will tell you something funny. I was driving in when I was in the Old Park Police Station, and I drove into an area of Belfast, and it said, "If pigs could fly, Tennant Street Police Station would be an airport." <laughs> uh, uh, good old Irish banter. But Brian and I went to Braniel Primary School. Braniel, the Braniel Estate, it it had it ups and downs during the Troubles, right? Mm-hmm. And I just distinct- now hold on. Not everyone knows what the Troubles. Just concisely explain that. That's when concisely? the Irish. That's when the Protestant and Catholics were killing each other. You know what they say? If you can explain it, you don't understand it. Uh, okay. Do you know what? It was very simple. Was that uh, Ireland was perceived as you know it should be free from British rule, right? And so the goal was that they would uh, exit the British out of Ireland, and so believing there was a right to that land, and uh, and so in 1922 the land divided became uh, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Is this going to take long? That's it. And from then on in, there's been trouble to get the British out and have a total rule. Right. Brian, that's my best estimate after 30 years in Canada. There you go. Does that work for you, Brian? And, and my version would be John was part of the occupying forces that oppressed our people. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Don't you go back to the Braniel Estate? You'll be getting your knees done. I know. That's right. <laughs> You'll be getting your knees done. Um, I remember I went for a black cab tour because when I went over there, I think, uh, John, you might have been the one that said yeah. to me, if you're going to go, you got to do a tour of the Troubles, but get a black cab tour and try to get, you know, someone who <laughs> looks like they may be yeah. old enough to be able to give you a real tour, mm-hmm. and uh, this fella gave me just a brilliant. And the murals are are obviously the the Incredible. eye candy of the whole thing. You know, there's a guy with his with his weapon pointed straight at you, mm-hmm. and no matter where you move, the yeah. gun is pointing at you. It's just a, yeah. a an optical illusion because of the way art is. Um, but is there still a what's the street that divides down the middle? What is that street called? Do you know what it's called? Anybody? Well, the, between the Shankill Road and the Crumlin Road, there's a wall, like a Berlin-type wall, called the Peace Line. Right. 
and it, it's there to this day and at night they lock it and you can't cross between one place and the other no they still do that yeah yeah that's to keep the people from killing each other basically also oh, when they um, said the peace wall they actually you know that was the only way they could get peace is by building a wall yeah, yeah in that particular part of the city because literally to to the catholic community and the protestant community back their houses back right onto each other so they just put a big wall down the middle of it to keep them apart but um i mean it's a lot better now than when whenever um like john would have been there i don't know what year did you leave ireland john uh 87 yeah, and i, and I, mean, I took that, i took all the snakes with me <laughs> And it's not a nice way Pat- to talk about your wife. <laughs> what did St. Patrick say? What did St. Patrick say when he was driving the snakes out of Ireland? I have no idea. You're, you're right in the back there, lads. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, in 87, like, up until 2003, maybe, four, Yeah, it was still pretty hairy. But for the last 10, 15 years, it's been fine. You know, there's not an awful lot going on compared to the way it was when we were growing up, you know. Brian, when you left uh, school, because you left early to go into an apprenticeship, if I remember, do you go to the shorts or the shipyard, or where did you end up shipyard, going? Shipyard, became a carpenter. Tell us about that. Like, you were you were just a, almost a you, year older than us? He was more than just a carpenter. Oh, uh, <clears throat> more than just a carpenter. Thanks, Josh. Sorry, go ahead. So, Thanks, Josh. <laughs> tell us about the shipyard, what it was like in those days, and what your apprenticeship was. Um, if you, you could probably get a good view of what the shipyard was like by listening to any Billy Connolly sketch about the Glasgow shipyard. Yeah. It was exactly the same environment. It was um, a very male-oriented environment. If you were a sensitive artistic type like me, it was a freaking nightmare. Um, and it was like people became animals when they went into the shipyard and yeah. they lived an animalistic lifestyle. And so the abuse and the pornography and uh, sexual abuse physical abuse, verbal abuse, every form of abuse that you could find. Um, in the joiner's shop where I worked, if you didn't do what you were told, um, they would threaten to send you to a guy who worked on a glue press who was known to be gay, and they would they would threaten to send you that to that guy. So wow. it was that kind of environment, you know, where it was very abusive. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of the place. So... Um, but on the other hand, it was extremely funny. The humor was incredible. Um, the banter was amazing. And, you know, it probably put an edge on me that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't gone there, you know. And, of course, we're talking about the shipyard that famously built the Titanic. That's right. Which, by the way, Drew, um, we built it. We didn't sink it. I'm not going there. I'm not touching it. Well, it was built by Irishmen, but it was driven by Englishmen. That, mm. That's all I can say. Oh, you know? stop it. <laughs> we all know Leonardo sunk it, okay? <laughs> he did. All that weight at the front. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the bow, lad. Um, okay, so, John, so, so, John, do you miss Ireland? Do you guys, oh, absolutely. I, I could just go to the bathroom. Do you guys just want to talk? Like, I don't need to be here. It's sympathetic. I thought you brought us on. I thought the idea was you brought us on to guys you hadn't spoken for 30 fine, years. Fine, go you, know, you know what, Brian, <laughs> Brian, what's amazing is my Uncle John, who... Uh, owned a linen business. He taught me to love all of Ireland. And so I go back down with my friends, uh, the Simmons clan, and uh, I've been able to go back since obviously there was peace. Being a police officer it wasn't always the best place for me to head back to. But yeah. going back and appreciating all of Ireland, and I've really, I can't wait to go. I love it. And uh, I'm very 
proud to say, you know, I'm an Irishman. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, as you know, in certain circles, even within some of my friends, that would be quite a statement. But uh, I I'm, I'm love being Irish, and I love the Irish culture. And I think coming to Canada, you know, you have the freedom to fully enjoy the Irish culture, to go to Irish bands and that kind of stuff. Whereas at home, growing up where I grew up, you, you celebrated nothing that was Irish. No what? Irish music, nothing. Why? Because that it was divided the Catholic. South? Well, my sister, she ended up doing Irish dancing. She went to Carol in her grammar school. And, and in our family, half our family would have been totally offended that she did Irish dancing as a Protestant. You're kidding. Yeah. Now, my parents raised me up That was to, to leave that stuff behind. I would have been offended that she wore those psycho curls. I don't know if people in Ireland wear those curls because they're actually natural. Oh, stop. They're <laughs> not. Over here, so the, they... difference, the difference would have been by the time I had children... We sent our, instead of sending our kids to the government-run school, um, we would send our kids, we sent our kids to integrated school, which meant they were learning Irish language, and they were taught in Irish culture as much as English culture, and they were taught Irish history as much as English history, and um, and we're both taught Gaelic, so, and my daughter did Irish dancing, does Irish dancing to this day, so the change in the community is that there's been a big move towards integration um, and so the generations coming up are nowhere near as divided yeah. as what our generation would have been. Can I just, I want to actually participate in my show here, if you don't mind. If you make a quick trick. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we've got to get back to our stuff. Oh, man. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. Uh, anyway, my question before we say goodbye to Brian is this. You guys are both Jesus guys, right? And you've been part of the Jesus scene for a long time. Um, but you're both on the normal side of the Jesus scene. <sighs> That's not judgmental at all. But what I'm trying to get at here is we hear about the Catholic and the and the Protestant and how those two gangs don't get along over there and the East Side story or whatever it is. What about just sort of Jesus people? They're not Catholic. They're not, uh, you know, quote unquote Protestant. I guess literally they, they probably come from that lineage. But let's say evangelical Christians over there. What role do they play in this whole trouble stuff? John, do they, are, they, are they helping or are they just neutral to the whole thing? Or are they hurting? Brian lives there. I'll let him answer that. Okay, Brian. Um, I nice think it's dodge. Like any, it's like anything. There's extremists. There are people who believe that their faith and their nationality are the same thing. And, and then there's people who see themselves as very non-denominational and cross-community. I mean, I wasn't... I was raised in a Protestant area, but I wasn't raised as a Protestant. I was raised as a communist by my dad, you know, and he told us to stay away from the church. And me going to the church was rebelling against my dad. But um, but my mom's side of the family were orange and um, were some of them were orange loyalist terrorists on, on the British side. So. Now, when you say orange, the first thing I think of are Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka's factory. <laughs> What do you mean they were orange for the listeners? Well, the, the whole kind of thing is the House of Orange. This goes back to 1690 when the Dutch king. This is going to take longer f- than we have. I'm sorry I asked that question. <laughs> he decided to fight a Catholic king in Ireland. And it was one of those kind of play away from home wars. And they had it in Ireland. And they forgot about it and moved on. And that was the House of Orange was from Holland. And he, he inherited the English throne. But Ireland still celebrates that victory in 1690 um, and they march on the 12th of July to celebrate that victory over the Catholic King 
And this, of course, riles up the Catholic community. So there's this kind of grandstanding. And it's very similar. I'm here in North Carolina, and I'm driving through uh, neighborhoods where they've got the Confederate flag in some places. And Northern Ireland is, is kind of landmarked like that. You'll drive into a certain area, and it'll have the tricolor, the Republican flag, or another area, it'll have the Union Jack. And so you'll get Christians who are on one side and Christians who are on the other side. You've got Catholic Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got Protestant Christians who would believe those Catholics and the Pope are the Antichrist. So you've got the whole spectrum there. So let me just say that the word kumbaya is not necessarily a Gaelic word. Probably not. Chucky Arla. Yeah, Chucky Arla. What? (laughs) Chucky Arla is the famous statement, our day will come. So when I was a police officer, it often be said to me, you know, if there was tension, they'd go, Chucky Arla. They'd say it to a copper's face or peeler's face. Or or whatever. And it was a a way of saying our day will come. Instigation. Yeah. We're taking it over We'll get you. It's like saying we'll get you. How about you? you? How about you? You guys are interesting. I, I actually kind of like both of you, uh, and I don't want that to be public information, but... Um, <laughs> Whoops. Okay, yeah. i got to ask Brian a quick question. Okay, hurry up. Seeing it's not your show anymore. No. Brian, Stop do, you, touching my knee. do you remember in school that we belonged to a little unit called the victimized? Yes. Were you Enneagram 4s? So do you hear this? So... <laughs> This might surprise you, Drew, but I got bullied in listening to Shire like you wouldn't believe. Not a surprise. So they came along and said, do you have anybody in school that you can hang out with that are a lot tougher? And I said, well, my cousin or second cousin, Mark Crutchley, and Mark and Brian hang out together. And we formed this group. But the rule was I was allowed part of the group, but I wasn't allowed to talk to any teachers. And one day I spoke to a teacher. Brian, do you remember what you did to me? No. (laughs) You took me outside. You roughed me up, but by mistake. You and Mark Crutchley and Stephen Bradshaw pushed me through the window. And we broke the window. Shut up! And all I remember is Are you all I remember is Brian saying, or one of the guys saying, "Run!" and we ran. <laughs> so we're sitting in class. <laughs> we're sitting in class. We get called up into the principal's office, who then said, "What happened?" Yeah. We all go through it. Yeah. And then they say, "Your punishment is this." And the principal looks to me and goes, "Do you think this is fair punishment?" I said, "Yes." They turned to Brian, and Brian goes, "I think it's really unfair." And I realized, <laughs> I don't know why I got in this group. I was just being bullied outside. This one would yeah. be a disrespectful. Yeah, from the frying pan so to we, the whatever. We, we had little badges called the victimized, and we wore them, and it meant you weren't allowed to talk to teachers. So thanks, Brian, for that experience. <laughs> So Jesus, Jesus has been working on my heart for all these years. Can you write a song about how you destroyed one little kid's life? And and now I can understand why I've never been invited to play at Muskoka Way. Oh, there we go. There we go. Brian, you know what? I'm giving you an invite live on the radio here to please come and play. But as long as you bring Pauline, because she's my favorite, your wife. Oh, stop Absolutely. it. Okay, that's we'll enough. Come. Yeah, go We're away. In Canada in June. We'll be coming to Muskoka Woods right afterwards. There you go. Um, I'm John, seriously. Yeah. I'm sorry. I oh, love you, okay. man. Okay. No, right. So much fun. Best years of my life. God bless you. You're Thank listening you. to the Oprah Winfrey Show. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Houston, John McCauley, Bo- Belfast Boys. Gentlemen, thank you very much. That was a blast. That was a real a real hoot, as they say. I, I don't know who says that, but somebody does. Um, Brian, you know why you like you, right? Yep. Okay, that's all we need to talk about. Goodbye, Brian. God Thanks, back. Brian. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye, Bye. Brian. Bye. Brian Houston, that's who that was. Go to the website, brianhouston.com. He's actually a brilliant musician. Really? I, I've spoken to a number of uh, real musicians over in, in Ireland, and um, they know him. 
He's we, a big deal. We never even got to see he played with Robert Plant, Van Morrison. I know. This guy's done everything. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. Very proud of him.